Before we jump into the podcast, I want to remind you about the ultimate DFS pass and the new price drop. That's right. The best deal in daily fantasy has gotten even better. Sweep in there. Grab that deal. Grab that deal. Make some cash. UltimateDFSPass.com, our premium resource for all things daily. Going to play that FanDuel. Going to play that DraftKings. You got to get in there, get that information, and get the leg up. UltimateDFSPass.com. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios, with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. This is the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. It's DFS for the rest of us. Heading into week nine. We're still feeling fine, so we thought we'd drop the show one more time. Never feeling low, my co-host, Chris Meany. How are you doing this week, bud? I'm doing great, man. This is when things get a little bit uh, a little different. You know, with six teams on by, the, the short's like 10 games. So I, I for those who are just new to playing and listening to the show, I'd say don't worry too much about being different this week. Um, you know, you're going to have some guys that are, that are chalky plays, but there's some high totals out there. You're not going to want to avoid them. Yeah, the Binado is upon us. It's deadly. It's it's tearing things apart, really, in me personally. But Ben, I hope it's not getting you down. The Binado, you doing all right? I'm doing fantastic. It's week nine, and look, the NFL ages like a fine wine because we get more statistics and more data that we can work with. So I'm pumped. I'm ready to roll. And I think, like, I honestly like the Binado because it just kind of makes the plays a little bit more obvious. And I love it. Let's go. So having said that, I guess we're just going to get right into it with our cash game picks. Straight cash, homie. Cash game picks, cash game quarterbacks. Ben Cummins, where are you starting? Well, let's start with the poster boy of cash game quarterbacks, and that is Mr. Cam Newton. Yeah. Always going to be in play, right, in cash because of that upside he has rushing the football, which he has continued to show us again this season, of course. But also, he gets to play at home in a fantastic matchup. The Buccaneers' defense is banged up right now. They're not good. They're 31st in passing yards allowed per game, dead last in pass DVOA. Cam's not that much more expensive than any of the other quarterbacks that we're kind of intrigued about this week. So if you got the cash or even, you know, forget that, make sure you have the cash to play Cam. He makes a ton of sense in cash this week. Yeah, 100%. And uh, wow, I like this. So even in your cash games, I mean, usually speaking, we talk about when a quarterback's coming off a low performance and they're a well-known performer, you you go to them in a tournament because everyone gets the recency bias, those third-degree fantasy burns. We get hurt. I don't want to go back to you. But Drew Brees, you ready to open your arms back up to Mr. Brees? I am, and if you look at the last couple matchups for the Saints, they haven't been fantastic, both on the road. You got Baltimore, you got Minnesota. Uh, you kind of look what Breeze was doing uh, earlier in the year. He was having a fantastic year. His accuracy percentage is great. Yes, Mark Ingram's back, so they're 
using both of them again. And there's a little bit of a scare that, you know, they're going to be insane running the football like they were last year. But I just don't see that all the way. And that's kind of why I like Drew Brees in tournaments too, because he's had a couple of down games. Now we look at the matchup here at home against the Rams and by far, in my opinion, the best fantasy game of the week. And I think Vegas kind of shares that as we're seeing an incredible 60 point over under. So you can get the home quarterback, Jared Goff, was that last week in a spot, Packers-Rams, now breezes that at $6,100, not an insane price to pay. He's right in the same group of all the other quarterbacks kind of in that second tier other than Cam Newton, and I think he makes sense in both cash if you can afford Cam um, and in tournaments for the contrarian play of Yes, he hasn't had a couple big games lately, but that's what we want to jump on now because I see him, you know, with Alvin Kamara, with Michael Thomas, with Traquan Smith, all of these guys in a good matchup, putting up points. The Rams defense, pretty solid, but they have shown susceptibility to giving up passing yards. Um, And so I think that this is a spot in the dome in New Orleans where Brees has a good game. Moving it over to the running back position, Christopher Meany, who are you liking? Yeah, I'm going to go, I'll go with a couple low tier backs. And by the way, Cam is, is my favorite quarterback play as well. And for yes. Breeze, you know, what he's done at home, his complete percentage at home, 83% is, is unbelievable and 348 passing yards per game compared to 236 on the road. But a couple low tier backs in terms of pricing, both on DraftKings and FanDuel will allow you to attack that game that Ben is talking about. 60 points. It could even jump up higher than that before kickoff. It opened up at 59. So I'm looking at two backs. Latavius Murray will start there and and I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to play. I, I know he's been say, limited in practice. Dalvin Cook has practiced two yeah, days it, in a row now. Yeah, so keep an eye on that. And if and but Cook has been practicing, right? Like I thought he was going to play a couple weeks ago. He's been practicing, and then all of a sudden he's a late minute scratch. He's not. He's not playing. If Cook does play. Scrap this pick. I'll say that immediately. <laughs> it, honestly, if Cook no, plays, you can't right. play Latavius Murray. But if for whatever reason Cook is sidelined, and I've noticed that even with Cook not playing, Latavius Murray, I've I've found in tournaments, I'm getting him at a decent percentage. Like he's not highly owned like I feel like he should be. Go back to last year when Cook was sidelined. Murray had eight rushing touchdowns in his final ten games. He had one in the postseason as well. And then this matchup here against Detroit, they've allowed 144 rushing yards per game. It's the most on the main slate. They're allowing 5.1 yards per carry. It's tied for the second most. And for the Lions, 100 yards in the ground last week to Chris Carson. They're just struggling really to stop these running backs. And and again, for Murray, over these past few games without Cook, 52 carries, 280 rushing yards, four touchdowns. He has eight catches over those three games. You don't look at Latavius Murray as a guy who catches some balls. So I feel pretty good about him. On the flip side, though, Mike, if Cook does play, I don't feel as strong rolling out Dalvin Cook and Cash. He could suffer a setback. Anything could happen there. They could sure. ease his workload back just slightly. And then another guy who I'm surprised, you know, I've been writing a lot about, you know, Adrian Peterson is in there as a Cash game play kind of in this tier. And then Lamar Miller for Cash. Uh, that's that's mm, right. It was he's 20- been getting it done. He has been. It was 26 straight games where he failed to get 100 rushing yards on the ground. All of a sudden, back-to-back games now with 100 yards in the ground and a, and a rushing touchdown in each. He's now in the top 10 in red zone rushing attack. So nobody is stealing those touches from him when Houston gets down inside the 20. He's got 40 carries in his last two games. And Denver, much like Detroit, just struggling against the run. We've talked about this all year long. 135 rushing yards per game, the sixth most. With Detroit, 5.1 yards per carry allowed. They've allowed the 10th most fantasy points to running backs and eight total touchdowns to running backs as well. So (laughs) Lamar Miller, I mean... 
consistency has always been an issue with him, but if he's like the past two games, 18 to 22 carries, I think that'll, that'll stay true this week. And speaking of the, the, like the Latavius Murray, Dalvin cook play want to remind you, don't get your lineups. Don't marry them until Sunday morning when you are ready to click that button to send it in, to lock it in. And part of that you got to check out the Ultimate DFS Pass, our premium resource with all the picks from Ben, from Chris, from Jake Seeley, one of the most accurate guys in the fantasy industry. Some really cool tools to check out, uh, like our comparison chart, buzz report to try and get a handle on uh, projecting the ownership, as well as part of that is you get an update on Sunday morning. You get to know those last-second start sits, uh, guys who are going to sit out in one convenient location, We'll shoot you that email. So that's just part of it. And and the price just went down recent, recently. Whew. It's the best deal in DFS. I, I highly recommend you go check that out. UltimateDFSPass.com. Ben, tell me about your running backs that you're setting the foundation with. Yeah, I mean, I love how as a group we're kind of hitting them high, hitting them low, both here at running back and wide receiver, because I want to just talk about not getting cute in cash games and playing the studs at running back. And it's awesome because it allows us to do this in the best fantasy game of the week with that 60-point over-under. You're going to look at Todd Gurley, and you're going to see the Saints' run defense has been their, – their defense in general has struggled, but their run defense has been really solid. But we're still talking about the best asset in fantasy football that literally leads the league in opportunities per game, which is carries and targets and plays on a Rams team that's second in yards per game and third in points per game. So you're not going to overthink this one. Play Todd Gurley in cash – and, you know, maybe consider making a tournament team without him. But in cash, where we're playing the obvious plays, you're playing Gurley. And then in the same game, I have no idea. Yeah, what is how, happening? I have no idea how Alvin Kamara's price ends up at $7,300. The only thing I can think is Mark Ingram. But Kamara, seventh in the league in opportunities per game at 21.9. And aside from... You know, he had so many touches before Ingram came back. And then in that first game where Ingram came, comes back, they kind of rested Kamara and let him do his thing in a blowout win. Ever since then, he's seen at least 19 opportunities in both games since Ingram's returned, which is very close to what his average is on the year anyway. That's still elite volume on a great offense in a great game. Uh, and we know that Really, no defense scares you with Alvin Kamara because he's going to be heavily involved in the running game. He is the main red zone and goal line uh, running back for the Saints, as we saw towards the end of last year, and it's carried over. And he's one of their best receivers, if not their best receiver, right, right there with Michael Thomas. So uh, there's just there's no way at $7,300, he's mispriced by at least $1,000. No way I could fade him in cash. It couldn't be me. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. Chris Meany, where are you going? Yeah, I'm going to go back to that Saints and, and Rams game in that high total and, and just attack Robert Woods. He's been one of the safest wide receivers in all of football. Been very impressed with this guy this year. Usually just known as, as someone who is, is great at run blocking, chips in here and there, easy completions. But with Robert Woods, he has at least five catches and seven yards in seven straight games now. And wow. he's been even better with Cup on the field. So even with Cup coming back this week, and it looks like he's going to return. 
I still wouldn't shy away from a guy like Robert Woods. Sometimes it's hard to pick one of these guys. I mean, you got Brendan Cooks here in, in a revenge game. I think he's got a higher ceiling. Think about him in tournaments. Cup is obviously a little bit riskier to play in cash, but uh, I like this total. And, and overall, just the Saints, they've allowed the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. There's some safety with Robert Woods, especially over on DraftKings with all those catches. They add up. You get that full point as opposed to FanDuel. And then there's Jarvis Landry. I feel like I talk about him every single week. It's just because he gets so much volume. Target, now man. Targets. Yeah, he, yeah, for sure. 92 targets. It's the second most. He has double-digit targets in every single game this season besides week two. Wow. You have to go all the way back, and Baker Mayfield wasn't playing in that football game in week two. So 27 targets, 18 catches in his last two games. The Chiefs have allowed more passing yards per game out of any other team on the main slate. They've also surrendered the fourth most passing yards and sixth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So I know Baker has struggled at times, but again, an easy completion. I'm interested to see how this Cleveland offense is going to roll with, with Haley and, and Jackson now, you know, gone and out of town. But for Jarvis Landry, more of a value on DraftKings. I know his price definitely jumps out to me on FanDuel, $6,600. When you're looking at the same thing on DraftKings, you get that full point. So I just, I'm just i looking for safety. I'm looking for volume and targets, and I'm going to get it with Woods and Landry. Yeah, even on DraftKings, $6,500 is, yeah. is super cheap for that matchup. Where are you going, Ben? Uh, I want to so I want to hit him low here because we saw last week was kind of the week of the cheap wide receiver, and I think to a certain extent we could see a similar deal this week uh, with some trades going down, things of that nature. Obviously talked about the stud running backs I want to play. That's kind of my general theme here. And with the Demarius Thomas trade, leaving behind seven targets per game, I think a lot of people are into Cortland Sutton this week, and rightfully so, only $3,900. So in tournaments, it would make sense to look to get exposure elsewhere because you want to find what the group think is at the wide receiver position, a position that's tough to predict on a weekly basis and look elsewhere. But in cash at that price in a fairly decent matchup, I mean, the Broncos are at home. Houston's defense has been picking it up, have had a couple of uh, good matchups, though. Their secondary is beatable. They've been average against the pass. And not only does Demarius Thomas leave open those seven targets per game, but this makes me like Emmanuel Sanders too, but it's Cortland Sutton that is the more direct beneficiary from where Demarius Thomas plays because Cortland Sutton's the big body on the outside as well. So really like him there. And then we saw DJ Moore start to pick it up last week. I started to get into him as the week went on, put a tweet out Sunday morning, and now he gets to play at home against this awful Tampa Bay secondary. Now, it's similar to what Meany was talking about with Dalvin Cook. You want to make sure that Torrey Smith is going to miss a second game, and I believe practice reports have been negative so far. That's kind of what put me on DJ Moore last week was there was a couple of injuries in Baltimore secondary and Torrey Smith was injured. And we know this is that time of year that you kind of want to pay attention to the rookies, especially the wide receivers, that if they have the talent now that they've acclimated themselves to the offense, they can start to get going. And I think this is what we can continue to see with DJ Moore. Saw the season high six targets last week. He turned that into 90 receiving yards. They've been using him in the running game as well he he threw in an additional 39 rushing yards he he, his price did not increase that much and the matchup couldn't be better at home this week so as long as Torrey Smith's ruled out even you know even though it's cash and it's a little bit risky it's not that risky when you look at all the factors involved and you are correct I'm looking here at the buzz report from the ultimate DFS pass Cortland Sutton is currently the number one wide receiver yeah doesn't uh, surprise me when Fanshare has been using their algorithm to look around social media, 
People are into Sutton. I get it. Great player, great talents, and now a really strong opportunity. And super cheap. That's how we like it Uh, in the DFS world. Let's move over to to the tight end position. Chris Meany. Yeah, there's really only a couple I like this week, and you know I'll touch on a couple, and I'm sure later on in the show Ben's going to touch on them. It's it's OJ Howard for me. No team has allowed more fantasy points per game than tight ends uh, than the Carolina Panthers. They've surrendered a league high five touchdowns to the position, and the defense is just so bad. I mean, this is why we like Cam so much this week, and and it's just they can't defend anybody. Um, so they're just going to have to throw the football. And for for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's getting the start, uh, you know, I was looking back at you know his completions to to Howard and then Winston's completions. They both he has twelve catches with both of these quarterbacks, but two hundred and forty yards with Fitzpatrick compared to just under one hundred and eighty with Winston. And then he's got the two touchdowns with Fitzpatrick as well. So I like him a lot. He's affordable, and then we're talking about a slate where Gronk is not on it. Kelsey's very expensive, and um, no Ertz. So what are you going to do? Yeah, OJ Howard. Yeah, no, that's certainly I, I I like it. Tampa Bay, man, they are a fantasy unicorn where <laughs> the the defense just they can't stop anybody, and but they have the offense to match it. Where when they're hitting, they are nearly unstoppable as well. And, and not much of a run game, which forces them to throw. And they can't run the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's delightful. And, and I love that this game is against the Panthers because OJ Howard is literally the next Greg Olson. I've been saying that since he came out. So might have to post that Spider-Man meme. Oh, all right. All right. It's a a good one. It's a good one. Uh, Well, so who are you going to play at the tight end position, Ben? Oh, Ben. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I am. I am. I was going to preface it. I was going to preface it by this might seem a little, a bit odd, but Kyle, Kyle Rudolph jumps out to the page at me this week. He should, like, he's $3,600 on DraftKings. He just, he should not be that cheap. He has had a down month, but let's remember that a month in football is only four games. And some of those matchups have been a little bit tough. And also, you look at it, he's still averaged a healthy 5.4 targets per game on the year, which is good for a tight end. He gets to play at home. He gets to play against Detroit, which is a matchup that I like a lot. Detroit is 30th and past DVOA on the year. He's still been that third guy in this passing offense. Caught a touchdown last week in primetime, but it just stepped out, I believe it was. At $3,600, like all of these other tight ends that we like, OJ Howard, David Njoku, they've surpassed him in price by a good amount. And it's just an overcorrection, in my opinion. And I just, I, I love it. It's a combination of affordable price and favorable matchup. And it gives me cheap exposure, as I always like to talk about at the tight end position, to a Kirk Cousins led offense that I want to grab some exposure to. All right. Well, quickly, let's talk defense so we can get into our tournament plays. Chris Meany, who you like? I don't know how you don't roll the Bears out, really. I know it's tough yeah, to put <laughs> them out there. Price makes it a bit tough, I will say it's, that. It is, but they could I mean, they could get 30 points in this game. Like, right. I, they really could. It could be the difference. Anybody but against the Bills. Yeah, it is a team that a lot, that they're dead last in scoring and passing yards. And the, anyways, Nathan Peterman. Uh, Nathan Peterman, yeah. It's <laughs> tough spot for that guy, man. I actually feel for him. He seems to be put into the, you know, against tough defenses and he's got nothing to work with. But Kansas City kind of excites me a little bit. I know I was talking about Jarvis Landry. I think this is more of a tournament defense, especially for me. But for Kansas City, I've noticed they played a little bit better lately. I mean, 16 or fewer points in three of their last four games. They have 24 sacks. It's the second most in football in the Browns. 
have allowed a league-high 33 sacks. I expect Kansas City to be able to continue to roll with Mahomes and company. So, and, and this is not so much on Baker Mayfield. I know he has six picks and four fumbles and a 58 completion percentage. It's not good, but part of this is on his line. Um, I, he's been forced to, to throw the ball quickly, and that's why I kind of like Landry. It's just those easy completions for him. But think about Kansas City. They're, they're pretty affordable as well. It's ben? no it's no longer Brocktober, so I'm rolling the Jets at $2,500. Oh, I see, because it's November now. <laughs> you could go the other way and pick Miami. They're not a bad defense either. Sure, yeah, I was going to say, you're you're on the wrong side of the ball, but okay. not really because the Jets are a great play as as well. I just prefer my, my uh, defenses at home, but I totally get where you're going with. Before we jump into the tournament picks, I want to thank today's sponsor, Pristine Auction. Pristine Auction, the best sports memorabilia website of all time. It's an auction place, people. you got to check it out because you can get signed gear for cheaper than you ever thought possible. I'm looking at a beautiful, beautiful Super Camario. Alvin Kamara, the hands of Alvin Kamara, touched this jersey, and they signed his name. I never worry about the authenticity of the signatures from Pristine Auction. They use the best authenticators in the business. And that Camara jersey I'm talking about, I got that thing for 75 bucks that's right hundreds of new things up every single day on pristine auction you got to be checking this thing out in the morning make it part of your daily routine that's pristine auction p-r-i-s-t-i-n-e auction.com make that completely free account the count's free you don't you don't pay to bid like those other crappy sites you only pay for what you win and if you make that completely free account please let them know that the fantasy footballers dfs podcast sent you And a quick reminder, if you are new to DFS and you're going to play on DraftKings or FanDuel for the first time, please use the promo code BALLERS. It's going to help you out. It's going to help the show out as well. Let's get to the tournament picks. You down with GPP? All right, Chris Meany. We let Ben have the floor when it came to cash game quarterback. So it's your show for the GPP. Take it away, Meany. Oh, baby, let's go. I mean, the four quarterbacks that I like the most this week, Ben already touched on two of them, and here's the other two, and it's Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes. And now I actually kind of shy away from Jared Goff in tournaments, and you guys know I've I've been liking Goff and this Rams offense for quite some time now, but it's because of Todd Gurley. And Goff doesn't necessarily, like, he doesn't throw the ball enough for me to want to play him in tournaments. He's 15th in the league in passing attempts. All of the touchdowns go to Gurley. He leads the league in red zone rushing attempts. He leads the league in carries, touches, touchdowns. He's got 15 on the year, and he scored a touchdown in 11 straight games. But the Saints have actually been pretty good against running backs this season, allowing a league-best 74 rushing yards per game. And in those games where Gurley hasn't had 100 yards on the ground. There's three of them. He has at least four catches in those games. So I think he's going to be a factor through the air. That's a positive for Jared Goff. I mentioned he's going to get cut back. Woods, Cook, this total, or Cooks, this total 60 already. It's jumped up. Like I said, it probably could go even higher. And where the Saints struggle... It's the pass. I mean, Football Outsiders has them 29th in the league against the pass. They've allowed the fifth most passing yards per game, the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I already mentioned the most fantasy points to wide receivers. So I like Goff. It's going to be a shootout. Throw the ball, even if they even if they struggle. I know it's Gurley, and he's been so good. Even if they do struggle on the ground, 
He'll be involved through the air, and that's just great news for Goff. And then there's Mahomes. I feel like he could be a contrarian play in tournaments this week. He's expensive, the most on the board. He's obviously the best fantasy quarterback in football. He leads the league in passing yards. He leads the league in passing touchdowns. He's thrown at least four touchdowns in five games this season and three straight games with four touchdowns. Like We all know Mahomes is really good, but I think people will go to Cam. People will go to you know that obviously that high total in the Rams and Saints game. So if you play multiple lineups, I think you could get Mahomes pretty cheap, and I think a, a, a decent stack would be putting up him and Travis Kelsey. I think one that's underrated because it's so expensive. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking over here just trying to remind myself uh, of Cooper Cup's role in the slot because give me all of that P.J. Williams cornerback for the New Orleans Saints. That's <laughs> right. That's where the ball is going. Yeah. Don't give me this crap about defensive player of the week because Stephon Diggs stopped running on a route. Get out of here. Cooper Cup is – I know he – Great reason, tournament play. Yeah, the reason why yes. you can't go all in on Cup is because of the injury, risk of re-aggravating it, screwing over your, your team. But, oh, Cooper Cup is going to have himself a day yep. if he plays Worth the taking the week. risk in tournaments. Absolutely. Yep. I think he's a great tournament play. Players returning right. from injury are always lower owned than they otherwise would be. Running backs. Tournaments. Where are we going? Where are we going? Chris, or we're going to go to Ben. We're going to go to Ben Cummins. Give me your running back. So refreshing because I haven't been able to talk about my guy for a couple weeks here, Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Because uh, he's been so mad. He has. He has. He I has. I mean, he's, yeah. it's good, but I don't know. He's, he's not popping off. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, agree with you, and I think that's yeah. partially why I want to talk about him in tournaments because if you look at some of the matchups, like I haven't talked about him either because, yes, the usage has been a little bit mad, even though he's getting you the You should probably say his name. Christian McCaffrey. Yes. <laughs> I, I said it earlier, I think. Uh, he's. Uh, you refer to him as your guy, and I think our listeners, our loyal listeners, they, they <laughs> don't know. know who you're talking about, but but there's new people coming in all the time. Okay. Christian I McCaffrey. thought I said it. My, my bad. My bad. Um, he's still eighth in opportunities per game at 20.6. That's a ton. We saw it in the preseason, and it carried over early in the year, but it has fallen off. But I do think uh, – well, I, I should say – the, the, the opportunities have not fallen off, but kind of just the usage in general hasn't been high leverage situations like we hoped they would be. But if you look at the matchups, he's faced Washington, who's been way better than I thought they would yeah, be Yeah, they're lately. good. Yeah, Philadelphia mm-hmm. and Baltimore over their past three games. None of those matchups are good. But now, again, I've talked about it already. Love this spot for the Panthers. And why wouldn't you? Tampa Bay's 29th in total yards per game allowed. They've been awful against the pass. We know the upside McCaffrey has there. And they're banged up on the defensive line. We'll see what happens with Gerald McCoy uh, and, and company. But he's missed a couple games. He's been banged up. So this is a spot in tournaments where because he's been kind of mad lately at $7,800 too, where his price is still a little bit heavy, um, still a little bit high, I see his ownership percentage being uh, not that not that high. And because of that, I, I just think this is a spot for McCaffrey where uh, you know he gets away from the bad matchups and he just absolutely crushes. And sure. then uh, we're also looking at Melvin Gordon because I guess a similar thought process for tournaments. Like I see him being pretty low owned because in the what have you done for me lately NFL where there's a week in between games, most of your competition is just going to be kind of giving into that recency bias, which we, you know, we talk all the time. We don't want to do Gordon got hurt. He didn't play in his last game. The chargers had a bye week. So we really haven't seen Gordon, it's really been forever. Yeah. It has. To be honest. It feels it, like it, it has. It yeah. feels like that. And that's exactly why people won't play him. But 
let's not forget that this dude was absolutely tearing up the league before he sat that game out. Now, again, another, you know, you want to watch the practice reports, but he is practicing at least on a limited basis. So if he plays very interesting tournament play, because with running backs in tournaments, you, you, you want it to make sense. You want guys that still have the volume. And that's exactly what Melvin Gordon has. He's tied for fifth in opportunities per game at 22.2. He's on a chargers team. That's been sixth in yards per game and eighth in points per game on the year. Bell cow back. He's catching a ton of passes. And again, I keep saying it and I'm just going to be stubborn. Like Seattle continues to look good on defense for the most part, but the matchups just have been pretty solid for them. This game against the Chargers, a good offense. I can just see Melvin Gordon, the bell cow back finally being the one that breaks through and shows us that Seattle's defense is not, I'm not saying that they're, that they're bad, but they're just not as good as the numbers state. So all those reasons, I think Gordon will be very low owned in tournaments and he makes sense because he could have a 30 plus point game again as he's been prone to do. And I think he did his last game out against the Browns. All right, Chris Meany, I need you coming in with the chop block here. Hit me high and hit me low. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna get real nuts here with my second guy. We'll start strong with Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's found the end zone in, in seven straight ball games now, 10 total touchdowns. It's funny, you look at his first five games, he totaled five catches. He has at least five catches now in the, in the past three games. He's catching footballs. Thank you, Mahomes, for figuring yeah, that out. Right, yeah. yeah. Get the ball to Hunt and <laughs> watch him play. I mean, when he hurdled that guy, he is phenomenal. We Let's remember, uh, let's not forget and remember that he led the league in rushing as a rookie, so he's second in carry. He's fourth in rushing yards. He's got the five receiving touchdowns. It's the second most among running backs. And this is a good spot for him, too. The Browns have allowed a league-high 12 rushing touchdowns, the third most rushing yards per game among teams on this main slate. And Football Outsiders has them 27th against the run. So I love the fact that he's been involved. After the first five weeks of the season, guys, I was thinking, wow, I mean, is Hunt going to catch 25 balls here? He had over 50 grabs last season and over 60 targets. So it's starting to happen for him. I like that element to his game. And then Duke Johnson, this is this is definitely the riskiest play probably um, that you'll hear on this show on this podcast. I mean, he really hasn't done anything. He's he was minus two uh, yards over the past couple games. Right. So I'm not after him for uh, the touches and or the carries. That's Nick Chubb's job. He's going to get those. They're going to use him. But if they do fall down in this game, and I mentioned Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley gone. Let's also not forget that Johnson had 127 catches in his previous two seasons. Like he was top five among running backs and receiving yards. Let's use this guy how he should be used. So he's got 20 grabs in his last three games, or 20 grabs in the season rather, and 10 of them have come in his last three games, two of them without Carlos Hyde. So I feel like it's slowly, slowly starting to happen. In Kansas City, they've allowed a league high 551 receiving yards to back. So Duke Johnson is very cheap. Do not play him if you're a FanDuel player. You're only going to get that half point for the catch. I do expect him to get, you know, hopefully he gets involved here with the coaching change and they go to him. It, it's it's obviously very risky when you look at what he's done on the ground. It's He's not a factor. Um, but I feel like we could see a change here and get Duke more involved. I don't know how you feel about that, Mike. Sure. He's no. definitely a risky guy, but yeah, man, I want to yeah, see Yeah, there is involved. definitely risk. Um, I'm buying into the game script, though, that they will uh, – Duke Johnson – could find his way in the field. It's up. Let's see what Freddie Kitchens, new offensive right. coordinator for the team, can dial up. He's he was a, a disciple of Bruce Arians, who actually knew how to utilize David Johnson in the passing <laughs> game, unlike uh, call. the Mike McCoy regime. So uh, maybe maybe he could translate some of that into Duke Johnson. I don't know if he can get that going in a week 
or not, but a new play caller, yeah. new tendencies that we just don't know about yet. And Duke Johnson, super, super cheap, like you said, over on DraftKings, and can unlock a lot of things for the rest of your roster. That's crazy, so Duke, Mike, that you brought Duke up. Duke comes through. Go ahead. That's Go crazy ahead, that you brought up a Cardinals comparison because I was just going to say, like, we we talked about it last week and we saw it last week when I talked about Larry Fitzgerald on this podcast. Like, I, had, I acknowledged that there was still a lot of risk there, but at the end of the day, there was a coaching change that could have been a positive indicator, and it definitely looks yes. like it was for at least one week, and this could be a similar situation, addition by subtraction, by getting those coaches out. Same for David Johnson. I mean, obviously you can't play him this week, but you need to uh, at least take a look at what David Johnson did in the passing game this this past week for the Arizona Cardinals. Great news for him moving forward. Definitely. At the wide receiver position, Ben, who are you who are you uh throwing in those tournament lineups? Always trying to continue to refine my tournament process and and you know, sometimes you just have to learn lessons over and over and I think I, I just I'm trying to be better about like who whatever the group think is at receiver because we talk about it all the time. We talk about it in the shows leading up to the year. Receiver is the one position that you want to get contrarian. Well, Everybody loves Cortland Sutton right now. So, and, and I, you know, I could not get off of Robert Woods last week and, and that blocked me from having more Josh Reynolds. So I think it's kind of the opposite in a weird way. Everybody's on the cheap guy here with Cortland Sutton in Denver with Demarius Thomas leaving, but I want to play Emmanuel Sanders in tournaments. And maybe it's just because I'm a Broncos fan, but I just have a gut feel here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just have a gut feel here, even though Emmanuel Sanders runs more in the slot. So it's not like a direct, replacement Demarius Demarius Thomas who leaves those seven targets per game up for grabs I just think it's going to push even a couple more to Emmanuel Sanders who leads this team with 8.1 targets per game his price at $6,400 is you know not too bad at all and again the Broncos are at home against a Texans pass defense that has been susceptible so you add all that together on top of the fact that Emmanuel Sanders is from Texas. So, you know, there's a little uh, under the radar oh. thought process there. I just, I want some Emmanuel Sanders exposure in this matchup, especially because the Broncos probably will have to throw. It doesn't look like Royce Freeman's going to play again. And then similar to Josh Reynolds last week is Mr. Traquan Smith. Now, we've seen Traquan Smith blow up already this year against Washington a couple weeks ago playing in the Saints offense. But ever since then, he basically hasn't done much at all. And so people will forget about him but it is the same effect there as Josh Reynolds he is a a contrarian cheap wide receiver playing in the best fantasy game of the week they're at home and the matchup is is not that bad against this Rams pass defense Traquan Smith who has taken over for Ted Ginn as the as the deep threat. So we know that he's the type of player that you want to play in tournaments because it doesn't matter if he has one catch for 11 yards one week because he still has that role in one of the best offenses in football. And if the situation presents itself, he can go three for three for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns like we saw against Washington. I think he even gets more targets than that this week. And uh, – Really like his upside in that role that he's playing. Remember, if you've forgotten, Ted Ginn is on injured reserve. So that is now Traquan Smith in this offense. Question for you real quick, Ben. Uh, I don't know if you've had your ear to the ground or not, but the third man to take over for the Denver Broncos wide receiver core, I mean, I would presume that sometime it will be Deshaun Hamilton, but he's out with his MCL Right, sprain. yeah, he got that injury. Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick came through with a 24-yard touchdown. And, I mean, he was seeing a few snaps 
the past two weeks. They play in 11 personnel about 64% of the time, uh, according to Sharp Football. Is Tim Patrick that third guy in the, like that absolutely nuts call where you're just getting a minimum priced player for for a tournament yes I think he is and I love where you're going with that uh saw Tim Patrick catch that touchdown last week and was sitting there thinking yeah yeah Demarius Thomas has been uh in trade negotiate like trade discussions this might mean he's going and that's what happened and I remember back in the preseason when I was watching my Broncos uh you know they had a lot of nice things to say about Tim Patrick if you look at his profile uh, there, there's a lot to like there as well. A little bit of production, a little bit of athleticism. So I do Big think dude. he's that third guy. We saw him catch a touchdown last week. He should get more playing time now with Demarius completely gone. And again, the matchup's not that bad. So I like where you're going with it. And yes, I, I do think he'll be the third guy, especially because Deshaun sure. Hamilton profiles more as a slot, a slot receiver a little bit. Well, that's what Emmanuel Sanders has been hogging this year. Don't see that changing anytime soon. And like you talked about a couple weeks ago, he got that injury. Um, even if he plays, I don't expect him to be 100%. No, he's, he's not going to play. Okay. I mean, Hamilton's, okay. Hamilton's yeah, going to be Yeah, if he's for sure out, like- it's 100% going to be Tim Patrick. So completely off the radar guy that yeah he'll he'll be out there and I like your thought process yeah uh moving over to the tight end position uh do we Chris do you have any guys that you're you gonna skip to? over my wide outs come on oh man, man I got so caught come up on, in man. my in my Tim Patrick <laughs> discussion you know it's funny I'm playing Tim Patrick in a 16 team league and there I also go. picked up Brendan Powell for the Lions there who I think you could go. have a bigger role too so these aren't guys that I'm gonna suggest but yeah come on man I know you want to hear about Devontae Parker oh yes you know I do hey. <laughs> yeah. I mean how many times has Devontae Parker let you down probably oh, I you can't know, even count <laughs> yeah you, I can't count either quite a few uh, but listen Kenny Stills didn't practice again today on Thursday as we're talking to you guys maybe you're listening here on Friday of course but he, he looks like he's not gonna play with a groin injury I already know Albert Wilson is not around. Danny Amendola and Jakeem Grant are getting some targets, getting some looks, but they don't have that big playability that Parker has. And I understand that it's a love-hate relationship. I have it with Devontae Parker as well, but this is a really solid matchup. The Jets, 191 receiving yards allowed per game. Per game to wide receivers, it's the second most on the slate. They've already allowed six wideouts to have 100 yards against them this season. Parker came on in a big way last week. He had nine targets, six grabs, 134 yards. One of them was fluke. I understand. Came out of Grant's hands and went right to Parker. Uh, but he is that big playability. I know it's a small sample size, too. Only 13 targets, but his A dot is 19.3. Average depth of target. That's huge. I'm after that. And another guy, very similar. Many more targets. Also a high A dot, and that's just Sean da- Jackson. Forty three targets. A dot is eighteen point two. Fitz magic time. That's right. I mean, he makes everybody in this offense better. For one, he's got a better completion percentage. He leads the NFL in passing yards per attempt. And if you look at Jackson, much like I was talking about OJ Howard with Winston and Fitzpatrick, it's the same thing with Jackson. He's got 427 yards and three touchdowns with Fitzpatrick compared to just the 167 and eight catches with Winston and the one touchdown he had last week was a bomb. But go back and look at the first two games. Jackson, 275 yards and three touchdowns with Fitzpatrick. Again, Bad defense, no run game, chuck the ball. All you need is one deep shot from Deshaun, and you'll be fine. All right, now we're going to move over to tight ends, and we're going <laughs> to let Ben roll out a couple guys. 
Uh, I like Jordan Reed this week, and no, you don't. I, I do, I do, I, do. I actually do, I do. too. What? <laughs> he, he's yeah. been very meh, like Christian McCaffrey a little bit, like kind of all year. But if you still look at the volume, six point seven targets per game is is very solid for a tight end. What's his a dot like negative two? <laughs> yeah. Right. Good call. But, but surprisingly, he's been like the only healthy guy for the most part in this Washington offense, and I think that because he's been able to have that consistency this could be a pop week here a blow up week for him at home which is big to me against this Falcons defense that you know we just want to continue attacking 30th in passing yards allowed per game 28th in pass DVOA obviously you kind of have to send a a prayer up because you're you're relying on Alex Smith outside of the Kansas City environment which never makes me feel very good but because of that same thought process that everybody has. I think Reed will continue to be, you know, pretty low owned. And this is a spot where it could be a, a throwback game for him. Even last year when he basically did nothing, we still saw a two touchdown game in primetime before he got hurt again. So this could be that blip on the radar that, you know, wins people tournaments. Uh, and I think uh, I like another guy, but I think Meanie's talking about him. So I'll let him roll that out. Let's go. Well, Meany. you know, I, I actually like Jordan Howard um, a lot, too. I mean, or Jordan Reed. Yes, rather. we don't Jordan like Jordan Howard. Howard here. Jordan Reed, rather. <laughs> no, we don't. Although he could actually get quite a bit of work in this game. But yeah, Jordan Reed, uh, you know, 12 targets last week. Yeah, that too. Uh, Thank you. I'm pretty, I'm pretty big on. And and if you play on FanDuel, you see on DraftKings, he's the second highest price. You're like, eh, you kind of want to spend down at the, tight, at the 10 end position. But if you play on FanDuel, he's the seventh highest price. Uh, tight end so it's it's like wow okay well maybe I'll I'll spend down and I'll, I'll go and get a guy in Jordan Reed in a pretty good matchup but yeah David Njoku we talk about recency bias yep. all the time I know Ben likes him he's in his articles he's in my articles I mean nothing he did absolutely nothing last week he didn't even have a target um, so it's like I don't know if anybody will actually even want to bother with playing Njoku technically and, he had a target but it was called back on a penalty mm, just, just for okay. the people just keeping that's the big that's big information get, that that is big. At least he was looked at once. Uh, it, it, it did not work, but it, it, at least he was look, looked at once. So, yeah, there, there's a chance people will probably be off from Kansas City. You know, I've already talked about some of the struggles that they've had defensively. Uh, so I think about Njoku. But really, honestly, Jordan Reed is probably my favorite play at the tight end position. And it, it makes me sick, but I'm going to roll him out in most lineups. All right, fellas, let's talk about our favorite stacks of the week. Stack attack. All right, who wants to go first? I'll jump in. I mean, I'm all right. I'm, my man. I'm very excited about the the Saints. As if you couldn't tell, uh, look look at w- week one what they did in a huge game against Tampa Bay. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Drew Brees all blew up. I think this is a spot back in New Orleans in the dome where all three could do that again. I mean, I'm absolutely locking Alvin Kamara. I think into every lineup at that price, it makes no sense to go um, other spots. In my opinion, you got Drew Brees, who I talked about. I love as a tournament play who I think boomerangs back and has a huge game here. And if he does that, we know that Michael Thomas is probably going to have a huge day because there's not that many mouths to feed in this offense. Of course, Traquan could catch a big, uh, a long pass or two, but Michael Thomas, the odds would be in his favor if this game hits that 60 point uh, over under and sure. the Saints put up a ton of points. And you can, you can find a way to roster all three of those guys, especially with all of these cheaper options. Yeah, with Tim Patrick. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Play <laughs> yeah. Tim Patrick, oh, and you baby. can lock all three of these guys in. So uh, love right, this one. Meanie. 
Yeah, I mean, I could go the other way in that Rams game, but I'll just go Mahomes and Kelsey. I, I think that this is an underrated. It, it's crazy to say and probably sounds a little weird to say underrated when, you know, they're both most expensive at their position. But no tight end has more catches, targets or yards than Travis Kelsey on this slate. So I think Mahomes and Kelsey and for whatever reason, I don't expect that the Saints and Rams game, you know, will be low scoring. But if it is, and you know those guys are not popping, and you you put together a couple of lineups and tournaments, I think Mahomes and Kelsey uh, could win you a couple. My favorite stack, which I actually in the battle royal, I'm not using this stack because I'm uh, you'll you'll hear my technique in the battle <laughs> royal. Uh, but Cam Newton, booty scooting with Greg Olson, I think this is mm, nice. uh, it's time for Greg Olson to get it going in a very very plus matchup and love Cam Newton, but. Having foreshadowed, let's move into that battle royale. DFS Battle Royale. All right, we're going to start with Chris. Let's hear that lineup. All right, so Goff is my quarterback. I got Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara. I'm with you guys. I don't understand the price, $7,300. This is the matchup we're going to see from Alvin Kamara. So him and Hunt, I feel really good about at the running back position. And then Robert Woods. You can really honestly go anywhere with these Rams wideouts, but I'm going with the safest one in a small contest like this with Robert Woods. I got Devontae Parker. I'm feeling at $4,600. DJ Moore, I love that call from Ben in there at $4,300. And then Jordan Reed, I'm just going with him. I, I see the targets, 12 targets last week. There's nobody else in that offense that I feel really good about besides AP, actually. And then Lamar Miller is in there at flex. I think he'll continue to touch the ball a ton. And then I'm rolling with the Chiefs defense. All right, Ben. Had five of the nine guys that were in the <laughs> Millie lineup in my in, in this in this uh, lineup last week. So hopefully I can keep it going. Um, I don't know if I'll settle on Christian McCaffrey in cash, but I am going to put him in this lineup. And I'm going to throw in Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara as well. Uh, play, wow. Playing Drew Brees, um, playing my boy Kyle Rudolph this week, as I talked about, playing the Jets. And then at wide receiver, because I got to save some money, I'm going to play Cortland Sutton. I'm going to play Sammy Watkins again, who helped me out in this spot last week. Uh, just continues to be too cheap in a, a fantastic offense. And Tyreek Hill's not 100%. So like him a ton again this week. And I'll throw DJ Moore in there because of the matchup. All right. I got my lineup here. I am slumming it at the quarterback position, which we'll see how that one goes. But I'm, I hope you guys are right about Jordan Reed because I'm ah, taking oh, Alex. Alex I'm taking Alex Smith for five k. Uh, I'm taking some savings. I mean, look, Alex Smith, dude. <laughs> I mean, if if there's any show us something. If there's any time to get it done. It's against the freaking Atlanta Falcons that can't stop. They, right. they cannot stop giving up top 10 performances to the quarterback position. So I've got Smith. I've got Nick Chubb, and I love that matchup against the Chiefs. Mm. And Alvin Kamara, of course. I mean, you gotta, you got to get him in there with that ridiculous price. Brandon Cooks, Julio Jones are highlighting my wide receiver mm. position, and DJ Moore will be my third guy. I've saved some money. So I got Mr. TK Zeus. I got Travis Kelsey in my tight end nice. slot. And Chris Carson, I got him going up against the Chargers, running back, of course, from the Seattle Seahawks. And then I'm finishing it up where I said Ben had the wrong side of the ball because I'm taking the Dolphins' home favorites against Sam Darnold, who is he's going to be good, but right now he is a human turnover machine, and I like the Dolphins to put some pressure and get a pick, possibly a pick six in this matchup. I love that, Michael. I don't understand Chris Carson's price. I mean, we yeah, touched on him last low. week. Yeah. I was 
I know it's a tougher matchup, but 22 carries and 95 yards per game. That's what he's averaging the last four games. They're running more than they're throwing. Yeah, they, they are absolutely force-feeding Carson. Whether it works or not, they're going to they're go. I mean, if you looked at the, the play log for the Seahawks uh, last week, there's a lot of punting going on, but they're not going to stop until Chris Carson actually gets it going. So I'm going with the volume. I'm trusting the volume with that. Love it. That's it. Do you guys have any parting words, or are we ready to go? Ben, we'll go with you first. Anything? Continue to find that success. Uh, keep it Ben Franklin and never change. Keep it Ben Franklin? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's from a song, Michael. It's from a song. Keep uh, it 100. Okay. You go get Continue to get that money. I've seen some <laughs> screenshots last week. I saw someone like could... I don't know what they spent like a dollar and won like twenty. That's yeah, profit. that's what you. That's, that's profit. Big. I gotta go. I gotta go back to this. Okay, so keep it Ben Franklin. So if you're gonna keep it a hundred, that that makes. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yes. But what do I want the change? Am I missing something about Ben Franklin and change? Just, I live in Canada, so I can't. You're speak supposed to, that. to just My keep it a hundred at all times and never change okay. for anybody. We're okay. not. We're not talking about monetary change. No, but I mean. Uh, whatever <laughs> i'm too old i don't get it <laughs> well that is it shout out to chance the, the fantasy- rapper <laughs> that's it for the fantasy footballers dfs podcast christmas is coming build that bankroll get little johnny that bb rifle that he wants we'll see you next week we wish you nothing but the best of luck goodbye Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.